All right, friends, it's hoop ball promo time. This is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league all right friends it's hoop ball promo time this is big because this is our 2020-2021 NBA season product rollout, and I am so excited to tell you about what we've got. We almost never push our hoop ball products, but this is the window of the year where we need to power that engine. So let me tell you what's out. We've got our draft guide, our flagship's shining beacon to the most comprehensive draft guide in fantasy. We cover all over 400 players this season with future access pass to our Brewski 150. Now, if you don't know what the Brewski 150 is, I'm here to give you the need-to-know info. This is the fantasy draft list that has beaten every other list for 10 straight years and new this year for hootball we're unveiling our monthly membership plans featuring our fantasy pass draft guide brewski 150 our new dfs pass premium in-season tools as well as our wager pass for sports bettors everything you need we've got you covered 365 around the clock hoop ball tools is your one-stop shop for your nba treasure trove of fantasy need to know information all that you need and more check us out head to hoop-ball.com or follow at hoopball fantasy on twitter now check it out give us a follow get your tools and win your league the following is a hoop ball presentation NBA box score breakdown is back at you for another edition, but this time it is your first ever box score breakdown group chat. Tonight I have the esteemed co-host tandem of Doug and Marcus back with me on the block to talk about this NBA Finals matchup that we have on the eve before the closing games of the bubble. So want to welcome Doug Marcus back to the show uh, and guys give yourselves a little intro here tell the people who you are all right thanks for that thanks for the uh, the, the warm welcome again uh, of course you're listening to Doug you can find me at Twitter at KY pro basketball breaking down all the UK uh, UL uh, stat lines for the night uh, the players that have gone pro but we're talking about some cats here tonight in these uh, two final teams uh, going up against uh, each other for the championship trophy 
So I'll look forward to that. Uh, glad to be on here with Marcus. Marcus and I haven't done a podcast in a while. How you been doing, Marcus? Man, I've been doing well. It's uh, it's good to be on here. You know, uh, this is uh, Marcus Brady reporting live from Wichita, Kansas. You know, you might have seen me on a few of the NBA Day Today segments. Um, since then, you know, we were going to roll out the uh, um, NBA Insider Pod, and that kind of got delayed with the season. You know, not starting till possibly, you know, 2021, probably. Right. I mean, that's when it looks like. So it's good to just, you know, get my, you know, self involved and just be on here with you guys and looking forward to breaking down, you know, how these two series uh, ended and just what to look for in the big NBA finals bubble style tomorrow. I mean, who would have thought the Heat and the Lakers? I mean, Lakers for sure, but the Heat, the unlikely heroes from the East. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to diving into this one. Yeah, unlikely heroes is right um, in more ways than one, especially specifically Tyler uh, really coming through <laughs> on the clutch uh, for the Miami Heat. So, yeah, let's open it up and dive right into it. I mean, for those of you who didn't see the Miami Heat were able to come away with a victory in that series. Uh, the final game final score was 125 to 113. Now, if there was one game individually that you were going to pinpoint for when the series kind of turned for Boston, in my opinion, it would be pretty difficult because I thought that they did a good job fighting uh, night in and night out. And really after that game three victory, you thought, Hey, maybe they, maybe they got a little bit left in the tank, but it ended up not being the case. Uh, personally for me, the biggest thing as far as why I don't think the Celtics were able to advance was just their their inability to really adapt to that SPO zone layer that Miami is so effective at implementing to really throw their guys out of rhythm. So, like I said, guys, we're, I mean, talking about it, what were some glaring things for you from the Celtics that caused them ultimately not to be able to progress? And then in, in, in the inverse, I guess I could say, what would be the, the highlights that you said really propelled the Miami Heat to this NBA Finals berth? Well, you know, David, and you and I talked about this uh, a few weeks back in regards to the Celtics bigs. Um, you got Daniel Tice uh, and also Enos Cantor. If you remember on, you know, uh, game three, they actually played Enos Cantor a little bit more and they actually came away with the win. And I think it was me. In fact, I know it was me who said uh, <laughs> if they played Enos a little bit more. You know, he's probably one of their better rebounders. And, you know, I was listening to Coach Cal today on his press conference, and, you know, he was even watching and saying it too, you know, get, get Enos some more minutes. You know, and, but Kendra didn't go, remember, he did get in the game. You know, he, he, he excelled. He did well. He, he was a great team player. You know, he was cheering his team on. He didn't kind of have that negative chip on his shoulder for not getting minutes. Whenever he got in the game, he actually played well. So I think that that's really what helped them pull away that win. You got Bam Adebayo down there from Miami, who's really showing that you know, he he is definitely all-star caliber uh, player. And you know Tyler Hero coming up, uh, filling in for David uh, for Robinson, Duncan Robinson, who couldn't quite always seem to get it together. So I think that you know the young guys from Miami is really was their their hot spot, and you can see it. I mean, it, it shows. You know, Tyler Hero has the number one selling jersey on the Miami Heat right now, and it, it's for a reason. You know, fans fans love the guy. We love his confidence. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a Miami Heat fan. I'm a Laker fan. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to end up getting me a Tyler Hero Miami jersey because you know, he, he is coming from my home state of Kentucky. But his confidence, you know, he, he's he, the guy is going to be a star. And, you know, I'm glad to see that, you know, they, they made it to the finals again. Like you know, Marcus said, nobody really thought that it would be Miami Heat. You know, I wish I could go back to the beginning of the season, get my DeLorean and 
fly back and uh, make some make some bets on uh, Miami making it to the finals because I think they deserve to be there. They fought hard. They have a good veteran leader from Jimmy Butler. I think that's what's really helped them. You know, you see teams that are getting into the finals. They have a mix of young guys and veteran leadership. I really think that that's what helps get teams that are finals. If you have an all young core, not going to happen. If you have an all veteran core, probably not going to happen. You got to have that mix, and Miami does, and they also have a great coach. So I think you know that along with a great GM putting the team together, it's good to see Miami Heat, LeBron's former team, joining LeBron in the finals this year. So I'm excited for it for sure. Yeah, Marcus, what about you? What were what were your thoughts and takeaways as far as the the Miami Heat or the Boston Celtics? Well, man, um, I think. You know, Doug, you hit on some great points there. I think what it really came down to was, I mean, just the Heat's relentlessness. I mean, if you look at each series, um, they took care of business right away with Indiana. But um, through that series, even, you start to slowly see just the kind of team they were and just all of all of these weapons they had and the type of cohesion that they played with. And, you know, you really see Man Adebayo come alive throughout the playoffs. And Jimmy Butler could... I mean, just have a huge night and just also defer to his other players. And Duncan Robinson can get going. I mean, the ascension of Tyler Hero, obviously. It just – it really is all a testament to how good this team really is. And basically, no matter who they play, like – and I'm sure we'll get there. But, like, I don't really see the Heat and the Lakers as just the Lakers in position to steamroll a team and just automatically get a championship. I think the Heat are true contenders to go out and compete for a championship. And Jimmy Butler said, it, you know, himself, you know, he doesn't really see them sales as underdogs. And I don't think anyone should, I mean, it's no knock to the Lakers and the, you know, star studded, you know, front court that they have and Anthony Davis. And I mean, well, I guess LeBron power forward point guard, however you want to look at that, but either way, it's such a great team. And just looking at the Miami heat, they battled, they fought. And I actually had, Miami Heat being in the Eastern Conference Finals. I had Celtics and I had Miami. And I thought Celtics being a better team, they were more versatile. Brad Stevens being a great coach. And that takes away nothing from their exposure. But I thought the Celtics would get it done. But as I look at this game, it's not so much what the Celtics didn't do as opposed to, you know, them not being able to just outmatch the Heat and their tenacity. And, I mean, think about it, guys. Miami, what, they lost by almost – 20 points in that game five, I think it was. And for them to just bounce back and just win big here by 12. And um, first thing that pops out to me as far as the Celtics, and I know we'll get there, but I mean, you got Jason Tatum and Jay Brown combined a negative 27, you know, and you had that from two of your better players, almost best players on the team. It's hard to win, but you just got to credit the heat, man. I mean, you have a rising star in Bam Adebayo, who's you know going to be an all-star, superstar for years to come. And just to think Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, who's a rookie, I think this is Dunk's first season, maybe second, but it's just incredible. But they play with such cohesion, and they're such a good team that, I mean, we really just got to start respecting this team. It's no luck. It's no gimmick. We see who they played, and they won fair and square. They definitely deserve to be here, for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely don't think that there's anything you can really take away from the Miami Heat as far as the legitimacy of this title run that they've been on. I mean, they have really been the David continuing to knock out the Goliath that seems to present itself in their path. So you kind of wonder 
will that streak continue or are they going to meet a Goliath that is LeBron James and it's going to just be too much? Um, it's definitely going to be something to watch. And yeah, to, to, to both of your points, I mean, on the Boston side of the ball, I thought Kaner did a great job. I do wonder kind of why they did not iron out that front court rotation. You could see at times Stevens was really hesitant to go with a guy like Cantor over a Robert Williams, over a Grant Williams. Um, really, once Daniel Tice continued to get in foul trouble and eventually foul out of games, I mean, the Boston Celtics were pretty much just dumbfounded at what they were going to do. And in regards to you know, Brad Stevens, he is a great coach. I, I think that there's probably been some unfair judgment um, as far as how great is he as a coach if he couldn't figure out a zone. Um, you, you know, you, coaches make adjustments in series. I don't think anybody can ever make all the right calls. You know, it, it's impossible. But that was that, that is definitely going to be kind of a glaring spot on his resume until I guess we see the Boston Celtics take the floor again in 2021. And unfortunately, it's left a bad taste in the city of Boston's mouth because they were on the cusp of really, you know, being in the NBA finals and setting up this historic, you know, rematch between the Celtics and the Lakers and all this, you know, rivalry. Uh, and it just didn't come to fruition. So we'll see what Boston does in the offseason. There's also questions about Jason Tatum. Uh, I think maybe a little bit unfairly right now, kind of criticizing his ability to be the best player on a championship team. Um, and I find it very ironic because Tatum, you know, only 22 years old, very similarly when, you know, LeBron went to the finals and got swept by those Spurs in 06, 07. There was a lot of people who were saying, well, you know, Bron just doesn't have that killer instinct. You know, Bron just can't get it done. And I mean, we look at the guy now in the 17th season and his 10th NBA finals. I mean, 35 years old, still playing at the level that he is. And all the people who made comments like that have just been made to look like absolute clowns. So maybe Tatum will, will prove all those people wrong. I would like to think that he would. Um, he's a very, very talented player. He, he has all the intangibles that you really need to make that superstar leap. And maybe for him, this bad taste of defeat will, will unlock a new part of his game uh, in the 21 season. So definitely something to look forward to. And I got to shout out any guy coming out of St. Louis. I mean, you know, it's hard enough over here as it is. And to see how his career has continued to prosper, you really got to give him credit. Um, and, you know, like you said, the Miami Heat, they're incredibly well coached. They're tenacious. They do not give up on possessions. Um, they will continue to fight until the horn sounds. Really, I think the biggest thing for the Heat, outside of, of course, you know, Tyler Hero's kind of emergence in the bubble here, has been Bam Adebayo really taking his game to another level with how they're able to use him off of ball screens, where you know, earlier in the season, you kind of saw when he would get the ball and a little bit in the Milwaukee uh, series, honestly, when he would get the ball on these high ball screens, he was really just kind of a filler. He was standing there looking to play, make and pass. And that has definitely, you know, helped his playmaking ascend as you kind of saw that pass he had the other night, the wraparound of Butler for that and one, I mean, was insane. But the way that he has been able to not only play, make, but look to score off of those high ball screens as he just shook Daniel Tice at the top of the key and just threw it down on the whole city of Boston. I mean, good God, that was, that was insane. He, he has really continued to elevate his game. And I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see him and Anthony Davis go up against each other. Uh, you know, as I said before, I think Bam is probably your, your prototype for what you would want to throw at Anthony Davis as a, as a rim defender, as a athletic big man who can stretch the court. Um, so it's going to be very, very curious to see how all that plays out. And, you know, Spo is now, I mean, he's the second longest tenured coach in the NBA. 
this guy knows what he's doing. I'm very, very curious to see what kind of wrinkles they throw at LeBron. You heard Jimmy Butler say, you know, we don't feel like we're underdogs. We know who's sitting on the other side of that hoop. Um, and, and it's going to be a challenge. But if anybody's ready for it, I mean, it's the Miami Heat. They have what you would consider the requisite pieces to try to slow down because you can never truly stop a LeBron James. Try to slow him down with bodies like Iguodala, bodies like Butler, Crowder, even Solomon Hill, Derek Jones Jr. These are just bodies to throw at him and try to slow him down. Like guys like Hill and Derek Jones Jr. foul out of the game to keep Iggy and Crowder in the game down the stretch. You know, out of bio, like I said, matching up with AD, I think that'll be very, very interesting. But you also have, you know, Myers Leonard. You have a Kelly Olynyk to come in there and pick up some fouls if you need, again, to just slow these guys down. So for the Lakers, this is going to be the biggest challenge for them as far as I'm concerned in another team. And for Pat Riley, you know, he – he I don't think he would ever admit it, you know, just like LeBron will not admit that this championship would mean a little bit more um, given who he's going up against. But, you know, Pat Riley, if you saw that game where they closed out that series against the Celtics, Pat Riley, I mean, far from emotional, far from emotional because he knows that the job is far from over. And I think for him, you're really going to see a lot of emotion if the Miami Heat are able to pull out this victory because, you know, there was that famous line he had about smiling faces and hidden agendas when talking about LeBron James and kind of his departure. And for LeBron, he was told by some party in Miami that him leaving would be the worst decision of his career. And that's really what motivated him and fueled him in bringing that championship to Cleveland. And he has stated that on the record. You know, he hasn't named the, the Miami Heat personnel that said exactly that. But one wonders, you know, when most of those type of comments come from the top. But Riley, Riley, he knows what he's doing. I mean, this is a guy who has been to the NBA Finals in six straight decades. He went in the 70s as a player. He went in the 80s and the 90s as a coach. He went in the early 2000s and the 2010s as an executive. And now, 2020, Pat Riley is back. So two guys who have plenty of experience in the NBA Finals between Pat Riley and LeBron James. And I'm very, very excited to see what kind of masterful mind games we get uh, both offensively and defensively from all ends, because this is a series that there's a lot on the line um, in more ways than one. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited for it. So yeah, there, there's a lot of narratives here, a lot of storylines to follow. Um, as far as, you know, the Miami heat and kind of that heat culture that's propelled them into the finals. What do both of you think? We'll, st we'll start with you, Doug. What do you think the Miami heat's biggest, challenge will be in the finals and what do you think if you had to singularly identify one thing that the Miami Heat need to do consistently to beat this Lakers team what would you say that that is well uh you know this this is going to be a, a high-paced fast game I mean you know the right now the over under is 217 on my bookie right now and I, I bet the over because in my opinion this is going to be a high high fast-paced high scoring game uh, both these teams like to run, you know, they, they do. Um, you've got the matchup of Anthony Davis and Bam Adebayo, both coming out of Kentucky, both learning under Coach Calipari, both in basically the same position, power forward center. So they, they've been taught by the same mentor, you know. And so it would be interesting to see Anthony Davis obviously got more uh, time under his belt to perfect those skills that he was taught. But it'll be interesting to see how these two match up together. Um, you know, you also got uh, Dwight Howard coming up off the bench. You had JaVale McGee to help down low. But Bam Adebayo is going to have his hands full, and he's going to have to use his entire skill set. You know, you got Dwight Howard and Bam Adebayo. Comparing those two, Bam Adebayo is more of 
uh, more comparable to Anthony Davis. He, he was more of a – he can handle the ball. I mean, we saw that in the last part of that last game that they had against uh, the Celtics. You know, he was basically a point center there. And uh, he can handle the ball, much like Anthony Davis, who was a point guard to start in, in high school before he went into college. So, you know, this is going to be a very interesting matchup. The thing we're going to see a lot here from Miami is that zone. Uh, Miami is a, a very – good shooting team Lakers like to do the majority of their damage uh, in the paint in the restricted area you know you're looking at the the stats right now you've got LeBron James his effective field goal percentage um, is, is increased during the playoffs he's responsible for almost half of the 610 restricted area points via either his own buckets or an assist uh, for that team so they the Lakers like to do a lot of their damage down low and in the paint, you know, they're not as good a shooting team as the Miami Heat. So I think we're going to see a lot of zone from the Miami Heat. What that also allows them to do is to keep Bam Adebayo closer to the basket uh, for for defense. And that's going to be the main thing. Whenever Miami throws up a shot, they don't need to worry about trying to fight for the offensive rebound. If the, the rebound comes off, they need to already be back setting up defense for the Lakers because the Lakers, they get a lot of their buckets in transition. So again, it's going to be a, a very, very good series to watch. Very fun for the fans. Now, these two teams, they played each other during the regular season. They have not played each other in the bubble at all. They played each other in the regular season, but it was in 2019 in November and in December. If you compare those two games, they, they vary widely based off of points and also free throws. It was 85 to 90. Lakers get the win in November. And it was, I think, 115 to 113 in December, somewhere in that area. So they were real close games. Lakers won both times. But it really came down to, and the big difference there in the scores, was the free throws. The Lakers had 23 fouls in November and allowed the Miami Heat to shoot a lot more free throws. The Lakers only got to shoot eight times from the free throw line. So that was that was basically even in the December game where they had 24 and 23 fouls. So that's really what you got to watch, too, is which team gets in early foul trouble. You know, it sounds like putting these players up against each other. They're going to have their hands full. You get Dwight Howard coming in off the bench to get them to kind of bang around with Bam out of bio. Because, we know, Anthony Davis doesn't like to be down low. He don't like that center spot even though he does better down there, in my opinion. So I think it's really going to be looked at matchups and the defenses. And if Miami can get back into their defensive set fast enough to contend with, with the Lakers, I really think that's what it's going to come down to when it comes to this series. I have personally, I have Miami uh, winning game one and I have them winning the must win game five, whenever it's uh, going to be uh, three, one at that point. So I, I have the Lakers in six in this series, uh, but I do have Miami winning the first game and the fifth game. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make some really good points there, Doug. It's going to be pace is going to be so huge with this. It's going to be so huge. And the Lakers have. I mean, you could say they've struggled in the half court for the most part, you know, they, they kind of have some wrinkles and some things that they can do there. When you have guys like LeBron James and Rajon Rondo kind of setting the offense, you'll be able to to figure some workarounds. But the Lakers have really, really struggled in the half court. Um, Denver didn't really present any challenges to them. They're the, actually one of the 
worst-rated defensive teams in the bubble. So, again, credit to Denver for continuing to make series interesting because it was clearly not on the defensive end. Um, but this is going to be a real challenge for the Lakers, and I think for the Heat to slow the game down and really make the Lakers have to work for buckets is going to be their most advantageous route to make this series competitive because LeBron is as motivated as ever and he's got the best teammate that he's ever had. So you, you don't expect either one of those guys to really take plays off. Um, and obviously, you know, in, in any series, you want to have the best guys on the court. That's that's what's going to help you win. And clearly the Lakers have the two best guys, but you could make an argument that the Miami Heat maybe have the next four Um maybe even five, you know, kind of depending on if you're throwing a guy like Dragic, a guy like Hero, depending on which way you're wanting to go. Because for the Lakers to now potentially be depending on, you know, a a Rondo, a Kuzma, a Danny Green. Um, Kuzma and Danny Green have been pretty much asleep at the wheel in the bubble here. And they're streaky shooters, so that could turn around. But the Miami Heat have a much more as you said prior, tenacious defensive mindset to really, really make guys work for shots. And I do wonder about the shot making as well as shot creating ability of a lot of the guys on the Lakers. So yeah, Doug, I think, I think you hit the nail right on the head, man, honestly. Like I, I, I think you're exactly right on Miami has the better team, but I don't know if that better team can really contend with the two best players that the Lakers have with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Because Anthony Davis is the key to unlock LeBron. LeBron is the key to unlock Anthony Davis. I've said it many, many times. So I don't know if Miami's team is enough to uh, contend with two best players from the Lakers, but we'll see. What do you think, Marcus? What are you going to be watching for as far as the Miami Heat in this matchup against the Lakers? What do you think is going to be the biggest thing for them to bring home a chip uh, for Pat Riley and Spo, and then what do you think would be, I guess, the biggest detriment to them? What is their biggest disadvantage going into this series? Well, man, you know, yeah, both you guys made some great points. Um, I think as I've been kind of thinking about it more, especially the one thing that he has is if you look at their matchup between Indiana, then they play Milwaukee, and now you know they just chucked it out against Boston. Each team, while similar, is so uniquely different in a way. And that's one thing I've just been so impressed about the Miami Heat is, you know, and we mentioned this already, but they didn't really lose to any fault of the team. And even if you look at the Bucks series when Giannis got hurt, and that was unfortunate, they were still so dominant. And they came right out of the gates with their foot on the gas. And that's just the type of tenacity and the type of cohesion they played with. So my thing is that I'm really interested to see is because, you know, you kind of said it, David, when you mentioned Kuzma, Danny Green, they've been asleep at the wheel. And yet L.A. has cruised to be in this position they're in, more or less, getting ready to compete for an NBA final. And I don't think they take it for granted. I don't think they undermine their opponent because they know the job's not finished and anything can happen, especially in an NBA final. But I think one thing we're going to see that's going to be very interesting is LA hasn't quite faced a team like this and you have the dynamic versatile big kind of like you said Doug that can is probably best suited you know out of all the bigs in the bubble you know up until this point to kind of 
match up against Bam Adebayo, um, excuse me, Bam Adebayo matching up against AD. They're both Kentucky guys. So that's going to be really interesting. But also what's going to be very interesting to see is what scheme or strategy LA chooses to go with, because you have these guys and Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero, and they can each just get hot at any time. And that's not to say, you know, Kelly Olenek and, you know, those type of guys can't give you serviceable. What's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Minutes in production as well. So, it's not like LA is going to be able to just deploy JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, and have these guys play big. They kind of have to stagger him because if you see how the Heat play a lot of the time, Bam Adebayo is really the only big out there. And he's a key cog to their success. But I just, it really makes me wonder to see who's going to check Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, these other kind of swing guys who can just really get hot. Because, I mean, we've all seen it, guys, in the Buck series where, um, Jimmy Butler can go off for 40 and he can easily have a quiet 13 or 18, but have his presence felt on both sides of the ball. So I just think kind of having that absence of a superstar who has to be ball dominant and take all the usage. I wonder if it's going to throw LA for a loop. Cause there's not just one guy to key on, you know, there's a number of guys and they play with such cohesion and great team basketball. So um, I know Doug, you said LA in six, this is kind of me cheering for the underdog, but I like Miami and six and I'm I'm just kind of confident that they are in one way or another going to crack the code on L.A. So when you ask me, David, I think that's what their biggest advantage of um, their biggest advantage is, is they play with such great cohesion and they have, you know, superstar and Jimmy Butler. But I mean, other than that, you have rookie players, sophomore players and ascending all star, potentially superstar and bam. But the t- the team is not star studded. So, I mean, it's really just how they play the game and how they play together. Um, I'd heard someone make a comparison to the 04 Pistons as a, you know, Michigan native. I was a little offended by that, you know, I got to say. But I see what people are saying (laughs) when they say that, you know, just because, like, they play that well. They play that well together. And, I mean, it's incredible to watch them. So I think that's their biggest plus. Their biggest demise is what every team's demise has been this whole NBA playoff in the bubble. It's the havoc of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I mean, those are two of the best players, easily top three players in the NBA right now. And Doug, you said it perfectly. LBJ unlocks AD and vice versa. So if you get that going, it's just going to be hard to stop. But I don't know. I'm curious to see. I think with those guys kind of asleep at the wheel and kind of just, you know, having a lack of depth, I'm seeing. I'm curious to see if Miami can exploit that and capitalize. So. Well, you know, one thing that's interesting, too, if you think about is there is one person on the Miami Heat 
that was there when LeBron was there. And David, you you love to say it. You said it last time we were on here. Udonis Haslam. You Yeah, he is still there. And, you know, that that is a little dangerous because he knows LeBron. He knows how LeBron plays. He might know some of LeBron's weaknesses. Eric Spolstra certainly can, as a coach, can tell his team some of LeBron's weaknesses if the man has any at 34 years old. But that's that's kind of scary because, you know, there's some inside knowledge there to where really on on L.A., the only inside knowledge you've got is probably Rondo with Jimmy Butler. But that's it. You know, and they only played, I think, what, one season together. So we'll see how that works out, too. Yeah, there's also the interesting wrinkle of the fact that, you know, Pat Riley was at the helm for the Lakers uh, for some of those championships that he got as a coach. So going up against his uh, his old franchise there, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of lines. The Miami Heat, I've definitely heard that Pistons comparison before. And I know you're a Michigan native, so, you know, I, I, I won't, you know, disparage too much. But, man, that hurt. I really thought the glove was going to get one that year, man. I thought Gary was going to get his. Man, young Kobe, young Shaq, but nah, Chauncey, Bub, Bub, Billups, and the rest of them boys had something else to say. So, yeah, we'll, yes, we'll see. Sir. We, we'll see because that was <laughs> that was definitely a finals uh, a finals to remember. And I don't think it's one that anybody has forgotten. So that, that'll definitely be interesting to watch. And then, of course, I mean, the team that we didn't open up talking about, but that we spent pretty much the whole time talking about. I mean, we've been talking about them all season. We're going to continue to talk about them as long as LeBron James is on the roster, as well as Anthony Davis. And that's the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, they pretty handedly got rid of the Nuggets, I think. As far as that situation goes, it was a case of atrophy. The Denver Nuggets, I'm not going to say they didn't belong there because the way that they continue to play and compete means that anybody, anybody who's going to go out and compete like that on a night and night out basis, they deserve to advance as far as that as those efforts can carry them. I think the Nuggets were just gassed, man. I think that they just ran out of gas. I think Murray getting kind of banged up, taking all those minutes. I mean, this is a guy who was leading the bubble in minutes, specifically in the fourth quarter. I mean, Jokic, really, he was just getting gassed down there. They were working in between Dwight, between JaVale, AD. I mean, they were just constantly throwing these big bodies at him that really just started to frustrate him. And in my opinion, that last game, he probably could have had 10 fouls. I mean, good God, you could just tell that it was getting to the point where the Nuggets just kind of knew, hey, this is the end of the road for us. It's been a fun run. Uh, personally, I wish they would have taken that position uh, against the Clippers. But, you know, hey, that's neither here nor there. So that's that's what happened to the Nuggets. And then for the Lakers, as I said, the Nuggets were not a big defensive challenge for them. I think we all wanted the Houston Rockets and the, and the Portland Trailblazers to give them a little bit more run for their money than they did. Granted, you know, the Rockets were a fun defensive narrative there for a little bit. But as a team, you know, the team defense really was not there. Uh, You really were relying solely on P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington, especially when Daniel House had to go back home uh, because he had a house guest over uh, when he was not supposed to. So and that's a whole nother narrative. And that just shows, you know, a lack of focus is really what will kill you in this bubble. And that's what killed the Clippers. Uh, It killed the Rockets. It's killed a lot of teams. And one team that that's never been an issue for is a LeBron James led team. This man is incredibly focused. Every time he takes the court, he knows what his mission is before the season even begins. Um, He's had a mission this entire series and this entire season. And I mean, he has really carried the Lakers 
you know, not only in the bubble with his playmaking, with his defense, um, but really all season as a leader. You know, when we had the whole situation earlier this year with, the, um, you know, China and Daryl Moore's comments, you know, LeBron was leading that conversation for the Lakers, trying to get the NBA back in the good graces of, you know, the international fandom that it has acquired um, when Kobe, you know, had we had that horrible passing of Kobe Bryant, such a tragedy. LeBron James is, again picking up the mic, carrying the mantle, and basically putting the city of L.A. on his shoulders, his massive shoulders, to continue that marathon. You know, he and it always is a marathon to him. He knows it's not a sprint. He knows that there's games they're not going to win during the regular season, but that those games are preparing them for the ones that they will win in the playoffs. And there was a very poignant moment during the regular season where, you know, LeBron has an opportunity to seal this game against the, the Brooklyn Nets, and instead of taking the shot, he kicks it to AD on the wing. AD shoots the shot, and it doesn't go in, and they lose to the Nets. At the time, you're like, oh, man, you know, again, there's there's LeBron without that killer instinct, you know, whatever you want to say. Well, very ironically, and maybe not so, very fittingly, the exact same play unfolds itself against two, the Denver Nuggets in game two. And because of LeBron continuously doing what he does best, empowering his teammates, lifting everybody up to the best of their abilities because of his continued desire to do so, not just a willingness. It is a desire to improve everybody at, at a metabolic level as far as what they're doing on the court. Because of that, he makes the play to Anthony Davis and he hits the shot. And the first name AD says after that shot, Kobe Bryant. You know, these guys, these guys are playing for more than themselves. They're playing for the city. They're playing for the legacy of the franchise that they play for, a, a storied franchise. I mean, for those of you who don't know, in the last 64 years of the NBA, the Lakers have had a final appearance in 32 of them. And prior to their appearance this season in 2020, they have been on a 10-year drought. Last time they were there was 2010. So it's been a long time coming. You know, it, it's been a long time coming for the Lakers. Their fans are starved for it. Um, and, and the city really, really needs this. And LeBron knows that. That's why you saw him sitting there at the end of the game, you know, just really taking it all in. You see all the confetti coming down, which I find it very ironic that the Lakers got confetti, but no confetti for the Heat. I, I didn't really understand that. But maybe, hey, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a front office decision. But, you know, he's sitting there with all this confetti coming down with everybody celebrating and cheering. And just like Kobe, you know, sitting there saying the job's not done yet. You know, the job's not done yet. And I am I'm a Kevin Durant fan. You know, I'm just going to say that off rip. I'm a KD fan. That's my favorite player. But it is impossible for me to to not be just in awe of the the continued greatness that LeBron just exudes in so many ways, both on and off the court uh, as a leader in the locker room, as a leader on the court, a leader in the community, just everything that he does. And it's just so rare that a guy is able to, I mean, if you, if you got in a time machine and just showed up right now from wherever you came from, and I had to ask you, you know, what season do you think that this is for LeBron? I don't think anybody would guess it's his 17th season. I don't think anybody's guessing that. I mean, the way that he's playing is just such a marvel and it is so rare for a player's physical abilities to not degrade as their mental acuity for the game kind of expands. 
And with LeBron, he has been able to starve off that that physical degradation and just ascend to just this cere- – he's such a cerebral player that the way he is able to impact the game is just it, – it, it's a marvel. So, I mean, I, I, I try not to make too many predictions. I think that this is going to be a really, really fun series. Um, personally, if you're the Miami Heat, you should want to get this done in less than six games. You do not want to see LeBron James in a game seven. Ask the Golden State Warriors, okay? You do you do not want to see that. Andre Iguodala probably still looks over his shoulder when he's in layup lines. I mean, good God. Like, the the, the block is, is, is an incredible. <laughs> good God. That's a good, good one, man. You know? That's a good one. <laughs> oh, Seriously. Man. So, like, the, the Lakers, have, the Lakers. I mean, they're riding on a high, but they know that the job is far from over. And I'm really, really excited to see this matchup. So, talking about it, guys. You're the Los Angeles Lakers, you're Frank Vogel, you're Anthony Davis, you're LeBron James. What are the most important things for you to do in this series to not only take the Miami Heat out of what they clearly like to do, but to ensure that you are getting the most out of your roster? Like, what what are you got? What what are your what are your thoughts on this? If you're LeBron James, you're leaning on Anthony Davis, of course. How do you see this playing out? Man, I tell you, if, I, if I'm Vogel, I'm telling the Lakers, you've got to be aggressive to the hole, aggressive to the rack. That's what's worked for them. You know, they, they can do that at the beginning of the series. But I really think that Vogel and his coaching staff, they they can adjust. They can adjust so well. Um, you know, they I think they're going to drop this game one, unfortunately. I hope they don't, but I think they're going to. And But I think that's okay because I think that the coaching staff – can adjust and they have shown that in the past and I think they're going to do it again. Uh, but I think that they've got to get aggressive and they've got to know how to contend with that zone defense that Miami's going to put out there. And, you know, you're just going to try to bait them into to shooting, but they've got to break, break past that. And they've got to work. I mean, you've got AD down low against Bam out of bio. I think that's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what, what Vogel does with bringing, White Howard in to, to bang with uh, Bam Adebayo. But I really think just being aggressive, thinking smart, and taking care of the basketball. Back in back in transition, you know, transition buckets is where your bread and butter is, taking it to the rack, protecting the ball. Those are my three things right there. What about you, Marcus? What do you think if you had to identify two, three things for the Lakers to really do to, to bring home this, this chip for the whole city of L.A.? What would you be looking for? Uh, well, I mean, first of all, yeah, I definitely agree with Doug. For me, I mean, kind of like I had uh, previously mentioned, um, I think they just don't want to give the Heat a chance to get into that rhythm. Um, I feel like the Heat, we've seen them. You know, they've been battle-tested where, kind of like I mentioned in the previous series with the Celtics, even, you know, me rooting for the Celtics, I knew that after the Celtics won that big game uh, five and they won handily, I had no doubt in my mind that the Miami Heat were going to come back unfazed and just battle back because it's just the type of team that they are, you know, like they've done it all year. I mean, and what they finished like a fifth or sixth seed. I thought they were like, a, I thought they were so much higher in the final standings. And I mean, all of that is just a testament to like how their record never defines them. It's showing up when it matters. And, you know, like Jimmy Butler said, you know, this is a business trip for him. 
I mean, he's even got the coffee operation going. I mean, he means business strictly. So I just think with that team, you don't want to give him a chance to hang around, you know, not to take anything away from the Nuggets, but we've seen what happened with the Lakers to where, let's be honest, right? They won fair and square. They won in five, but it could have been a whole different series if AD maybe missed that buzzer beater. And we've seen how even in the games where LA won, they still had to battle. They still let the Nuggets kind of hang around a bit. So it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, the Lakers who just played the Nuggets and they had their biggest deficit of the entire of their entire time in the bubble. If I don't know, is that going to get exploited a little bit? So I just think to ensure their success and really just put this team out is to not let them get into a rhythm. Um, also, I think the X factors for me are going to be stopping Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Because that's been the story this whole Miami Heat playoff is. We've seen it, and I've said it time and time again. Jimmy Butler doesn't have to be the ball-dominant, star-studded guy to do everything for the team. You're going to feel his presence. He's an excellent two-way player. He's smart. He has such a high IQ. And if you can kind of slow those guys down and not have the games where Tyler Hero goes off for 30-plus, Duncan Robinson hits about five or six threes in the game, I think that's going to slow down the whole tempo and the way that Miami plays. So – I think those are going to be two big things. And if they do that, then, you know, they shouldn't have too much trouble. I could see them winning in five, six, but I don't know. I just don't see that happening. And I like an underdog. So that's where I'm sticking with Miami in six. So. Okay. So you're wrong with Miami in six, Doug, what, what about you, man? If you, you want to make a prediction on the pod today, how many games? And I mean, I know who you're taking, so I guess just tell me how many games. <laughs> well, you know, the, the best thing about it from my position, honestly, David, is no matter what happens, no matter how many games are played, no matter who wins four out of the seven games, a Kentucky Wildcat will be winning the trophy this year. So that's that's a great feeling right there. This is, this is great. Yes, so either is. side, you got Bam and Tyler Hero <laughs> on the Miami side, you got Rondo and AD on the Lakers side. Either way, a lot of Kentucky two of guys them are winning the championship. So bringing it back to Kentucky, that's good. But now I'm going to say, I'm going to say Lakers in six. Like I said, they're going to drop this first game, I think, and I think the Miami's also going to win the muscling game, game five. But I think Lakers are going to take it in six. Yeah, you know, uh, like you said, Marcus, a lot of a lot of Kentucky guys in the finals, but uh, you know, Coach Cal knows what he's doing. So um, shout out to shout out to UK over there because they continue to produce high caliber NBA talent. But yeah, this is this is gonna be fun. I mean, I don't think anybody predicted this NBA finals. I find it very ironic that not only were the Los Angeles Lakers out of the playoffs last year, but they were tenth in the West. Ironically. Miami was out of the playoffs and they were 10th in the East. You know, these two teams went from being in the lottery to really being able to win it all. I mean, this is this is a, a real flip of the switch here. And and I love it. I think it's very, very fitting that we have, you know, this kind of David versus Goliath battle in the bubble, trouble in the bubble, however you want to qualify it. Um, it this is going to be a lot of fun. And again, given all the credit in the world to the NBA, because when this started, when, I mean, the first discussions of this were going on in June, I, I may, I mean, it, it, everybody was very, very hesitant. This, this is a big experiment. You know, this is a big experiment. And Adam Silver has said, yeah, it's looking more and more like due to the guidance from the CDC and people like Dr. Fauci, it, it's looking like this, this season will be picking up again in 21, not as much in, in, into 2020, but you know, I mean, 
for everything that these guys have gone through in the bubble, especially teams that are there, I think that a, a, a rest is well-deserved. I'm sure the teams that were excluded from the bubble, you know, are really chomping at the bit to get back out there and play, especially those who have new front offices or whatever may have you under the helm. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams looking to kind of prove themselves in whatever this new NBA resumption does look like. So I really look forward to that, but this is really going to be a photo finish and I don't think anybody could have, could have asked for anything better. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, the Golden State Warriors are already in their practice facility. They're already practicing. So teams are already prepping and already getting ready for next year. And that's great to see, you know, that cause it's going to be a shortened off season. But uh, it'll be an offseason that uh, the Lakers and Miami will definitely need because this is going to be a battle to the finish. And as fans, I mean, this is great. This is exactly like you said, David, this is much better than we all anticipated. And, you know, they've done a really good job with it. And I'm excited to see who ends up uh, hoisting that trophy at the end and who gets the MVP. So uh, it's going to be fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be great to watch. And I can't wait to get on here and talk about it with you guys. So looking forward to that. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. No, I'm right there with you. It's going to be good. I think, I mean, from all the similarities of Pat Riley, Pat Riley's time in L.A., you know, uh, LeBron's time in Miami and just so many overlapping factors. It's going to make for a great finals. Um, and I know you guys probably just as much as me is just chomping at the bit for any kind of uh, NBA resumption for a new season. So. Man, I can't wait for fantasy basketball, all the changes and just all the teams that haven't been playing. But just to watch this finals play out, I mean, hey, similar to you, David, I'm a huge KD fan. It's a love-hate relationship because I'm a big OKC fan. So after he left, it's not the same, man. But I'm not a hater. I respect his game. And, you know, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole. But I was actually telling my buddy to think how different this could have been if we had a healthy Warriors squad or you know, a healthy Katie and Kyrie in Brooklyn, you know, but we'll get that next year, hopefully. But no, nah, man, it's going to be a great finish. I'm happy for LeBron and all he's been able to accomplish. I love the, you know, just grittiness and just everything the Miami Heat stands for now. And the fact how nobody's seen them being in an NBA final, it's just awesome. So it's going to be a great finish. Um, and yeah, I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. So looking forward to talking about it with you guys. Yeah, and we're definitely going to have a lot to talk about. Narratives, on-court, off-court, everything going on. The NBA has been very active, and I look for that to continue even after the finals do close out because, like you said, we're going to really be rushing into this 2021 season, um, and there's a lot of teams very eager to take the court. So lots of stuff coming. We're going to be covering it all. The network has some incredible correspondence and contributors. So for those of you, if this is your first time listening to the pod, give our channel you know, a quick glance. we got some incredible content over there. Um, plenty of stuff coming. Marcus has got some stuff coming. Doug has continued to put out hits. All of our guys are really killing it. Brent's killing it. We got my friend Brad hosting the ATL Hawks pod now. So really a lot of stuff going on in the network for those of you um, who are kind of looking to branch out and kind of expand your NBA knowledge as we get ready for uh, the next season and close out this this current season here in the bubble. So, man, well, guys, Doug, Marcus, I appreciate you both hopping on tonight. Before you go, give the give the people a, a little shout out. Let them know where they can find you at on, on Twitter. Hey, you guys hear me talk about it all the time, you know, at Kentucky Pro Basketball is at KY Pro Basketball on Twitter. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be putting out some major content this series because, like I said, we have cats on both sides. So 
um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back on the around the association with Brent. Uh, you know, Will's been on here. Will's been on around the association. You know, everybody is continuing to, to, to strive hard to get out good content at Hoopball. Uh, I've really been watching uh, watching for tweets and listening to um, Hoopball Gaming. Uh, I've been winning some uh, money on uh, my bookie. So if you guys are not in on that, make sure you get down on that. I think we, as a group, uh, the, as the Hoopball family, we pulled in $100 free cash on Saturday uh, with mybookie.com uh, betting as, as a family there. So, uh, And I say family because we are. I mean, we're, we're fanatics and we're fans, but – you know, we, we, we love each other here and we love seeing each other succeed and strive and put out new content. And some of the things we're putting out is such fire. And you know, I just can't wait to see where Hoopball is going. So make sure you guys uh, hit up the website, hit up the tweets, and uh, make sure you guys listen to the pods. Uh, hit that five-star button uh, on uh, iTunes for these podcasts. And, uh, again, David, I always appreciate you having me on your brother. And, Marcus, great, great to hear from you again, man. It was, it was fun. Oh, yeah, always, Doug. And, yeah, David, it's been a pleasure being on, you know, the uh, box score breakdown with you these past two segments, man. And, I mean, yeah, Doug, you hit the nail on the head, man. Love the hoop ball fam. And, I mean, so much great quality content. Always good when we get together. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Anthony 35. Yes, that 35 was representative of KD at the time that I made it. But, you know, I just kept the name the same. So that's the handle. Uh, Instagram. If you dabble there is uh, Braden, B-R-A-D-E-N, Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S. So, yeah, I mean, feel free to follow. Um, yeah, you know, I'll be on the box score breakdown for now. Once the, you know, 2020, uh, 2021 season in, in full effect, I'll be doing a lot more around there, too. So just stay tuned. Plenty of great stuff to tune into with um, hoop ball. I mean, specific team segments, box score breakdowns, my bookie, just – Definitely check the uh, website out at hoop-ball.com for all that good content. So uh, another great session, you guys. Looking forward to the next one. Absolutely. You know, we keep the hits coming, and we got plenty more hits coming for you. Twas the night before the bubble and all through the house, we are making noise. Hoopball's making noise. Marcus, Doug, I appreciate you both hopping on. As always, find me on Twitter and Instagram, DFB underscore three. Plenty of NBA action coming for you. LeBron James, man on a mission. Jimmy Butler, man with a plan. We'll see who's the man holding up the trophy at the end. I appreciate you guys. Football family. We'll talk to y'all soon. Yes, sir. Later, guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.